Hello, and welcome to another episode of An Old Man and His Two Sons. This week's episode is entitled Two, and is our 99th episode. And over the last 98 episodes, we have spoken about a wide variety of topics. And you would think at this point, on the eve of our 100th episode, that we would have run out of things to talk about. But... (laughs) And we we have. That's it. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) But there are many subjects that we haven't touched... And prior to the show, we were discussing them, mm-hmm. and uh, oh. I would like either of y'all to pick one out of this potpourri <laughs> subject. Let's. Uh, what was the, what was the one? It was classical music versus rap. rap. There was that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good subject. I like that. As the music major, do you feel your bias? No. Sorry. No, because you don't like rap. That's true. Well, I, I, certain kinds, yeah. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> Dr. Dre is really good. <laughs> I'm showing my, uh, my, yeah, uh, yeah. my bias here, but I will say I am very hoity-toity proud of myself because a lot of people discount rap. They do. Automatically. I, automatically, and I refuse to do that. There are certain artists that I really like. I like Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. You know, I like J. Cole. You know, I oh, like nice. uh, Childish Gambino, but I'm biased because I also just like Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I listen to more of classical music, but that's partially because there's more classical music. And who would be the most obscure classical music artist that you could compare to rap? The most obscure one that I could compare to rap. That that make a good comparison to rap? Yeah, well, of course. Hmm. I can't wait to see where this goes. Well, we're, we're coming back to that. Man, who's your favorite classical music artist? Oh, Jesus. Because um, <laughs> uh, as you can tell, this is less my forte than... Um, well, than who's it. your favorite rap? Uh, currently, who I've been looking, uh, listening to... This is actually... This is just cheating as an answer. I've been listening to a soundtrack that features a lot of people. The Recently, there was a Spider-Man movie, of all things. That came oh, the... Out. Into, yeah. the, into the Spider-Verse, but its soundtrack uh, features many artists I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. But currently on there, it's it's Jaden Smith, and I don't know if it's that's Will Smith's kid, Jaden Smith? I believe that is yeah. uh, Will Smith's kid. Now, recently, uh, I bought a grab bag uh, of albums. I love to do this at record stores. You'll go in there, and it'll be a bunch of albums they don't care about. And they put them in a brown paper bag, and you can buy them for like uh, 10 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever. And then you go through, and you find some interesting stuff, which is fun to talk to people about, because a lot of these people, you didn't realize, put out any records. And (laughs) they'll be in there, and they'll always pick one thing they kind of put in there that's like the prize. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I got a Jay-Z record. Mm-hmm. It was a single. And on one side, I can't remember the name of it, but on the other side was The Bounce. And it oh. said Jay-Z. And in much smaller letters, it said featuring Kanye West. <laughs> See, and that's a good... That, I'm way away from Mike. That's a good cut. Is it really? Yeah. I haven't even listened to it yet. I mean... For the nomenclature of it, like for the status of it, since it has, it's a featuring moment for Kanye West. I, I think I've heard the bounce, 
but I'm not 100% hey, clear. Hey, you can hear three versions of the record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that. Yeah, <laughs> the best classical artist that I could compare to rap would be George Gershwin. Because no one knew what the hell he was doing, but they loved it. So like when Rasney huh. and Blue came out, he's using all these different jazz sort of influences and jazz orchestrations, but he's presenting it in a traditional symphonic way, the same way that when rap started coming about, no one knew what the hell it was, they didn't know what to make of it, but they really, really liked it. And it's yeah. since become its own thing. And with Gershwin, I'd, come, I'd, I'd say he's wow. the closest Yeah, one. that's a solid... Yeah. Solid hot take. Plus, he was very uh, courageous in doing that. He could have just kept doing the same thing that everyone else mm-hmm. was doing, and he would have ended up being perfectly successful. Um, it, but he bridged these two worlds. And, right. I, and I agree. Because yeah. uh, Gershwin is one that if people don't know a lot about, don't know about jazz, or in some cases, classical music, they've heard Gershwin. Yeah. Yeah, even if they don't realize it was a Chevy commercial. Or a Delta yeah. commercial. Or, <laughs> or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> His best work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those now, along those same lines, another subject that we've never talked about, but there are, I am certain, without underestimating, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of podcasts if not millions oh man <laughs> various levels of success says about the beatles yes uh, yeah. oh god <laughs> about are we listing the go ahead star wars was another one you had yeah but uh, let's hit the beatles for just a second what's sure. your favorite fact about the beatles uh, that they let Ringo sing. No. <laughs> My favorite fact is um, that the album that they released last was recorded second to last. The oh. Abbey Road was oh. recorded last. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that's and, true. And it's my favorite album. Which one? Abbey Road. Abbey Road. <laughs> and that would probably have to do with the orchestrated suite. Yeah, on one my side. Man. Yeah, because it's like classical beat. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we can have a podcast just on that. See, uh, as Dad said. Yeah, and your favorite Beatle fact? Mine is anecdotal. I don't know if it's true, but it's the thing that. Well, got, I can tell you, I was right. there. <laughs> is is that so many people? I feel, especially in my generation, hold up the Beatles like. The, the stars of art, artists, musical artists and stuff, but supposedly they would walk into recording sessions and be like, all right, let's like write a swimming pool. <laughs> like in their later stuff that they knew they were doing it and making money by the last few albums. Uh, kind of. They knew they could do what they wanted to do and it would sell, uh, which kind of killed it for them. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was not so much... Uh, that they were deliberately trying to be obscure mm-hmm. or anything. They were just open to a lot of ideas because they felt they could get exposure. Like, there's a, uh, a story, apocryphal possibly, that uh, Paul McCartney was uh, talking to George Martin and he kept wanting a solo in a song on Sgt. Pepper's uh, and it ended up being a trumpet. A special kind of trumpet. A bugle. Or a piccolo trumpet. Piccolo yes, trumpet. That's what it is. But he, he did not know what the name of the instrument was. <laughs> he just knew. The sound. Yeah, and he wanted that instrument because George Martin 
have worked in classical. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite fact, which involves Paul McCartney, which is odd because I'm a John Lennon fan, <laughs> is that <laughs> in the middle of the British invasion, um, Paul McCartney got insecure about whether his songs were uh, good. Oh. He thought, like you were saying a moment ago, that they had reached a certain fame level. They had no barometer to judge himself yeah. against. So he wrote songs under pseudonyms and gave them to the other artists of the British Invasion just to reassure himself that it was actually the song. Really? And not his name. And not his name, wow. which I found pretty classy for integrity. That I'm taking is, that as my new favorite Beatles fact. That is, um, which tops out the, in the. Is it true that the deal they signed when they broke the Beatles up happened at the Polynesian Resort? I am not aware of that. <laughs> have I you, hope so. That'd be have you heard? We're in Disney. Yeah, this, no Disney World down here. Supposedly with the sign-off. No, though. that's yeah. not true because they broke up in '69. <laughs> Disney World didn't open. They're all they're all gathered <laughs> yeah. in a swamp. <laughs> yeah, that was later. Yeah, it is true though that uh, George Harrison, who uh, was always thought of as a stoic Beatle, yeah. Uh, had really the best sense of humor out of the group, probably. Really? Yeah. Uh, Lauren Michaels offered $2,000 for the Beatles to get back together on the Saturday Night Live. And George Harrison heard about it and went down to the show and he did a cameo on the Saturday Night Live the following week. <laughs> and Lauren Michaels said, well, the $2,000 was for all four of you. <laughs> and he goes, I thought you just wanted a Beatle. And he says, well, we want the Beatle. <laughs> and it's a big joke, but John Lennon was visiting with Paul McCartney in New York City <laughs> that night, saw the show, knew it was live, and they briefly discussed oh, going down down there to do it and then they oh, just uh, yeah so there could have been an almost complete reunion on this and oh. I, I do love that in their post uh, years that they would you'd have combos yeah like when different like when Ringo played for George Harrison's benefit concert and, mm -hmm. oh yeah and, and they uh, would pop in and, I always liked that that was fun yeah now uh, we have as I said we're trying to hit <laughs> subjects. Uh, we can talk about conspiracy theories. Ooh, we could. I, I know. I know. Dad's got one. Yeah, no <laughs> dad. I love this one because yeah. we're making it up right now. But I mean, anybody that listens, <laughs> please spread it around. Um, Joan Rivers. Had, what were the years? Uh, eighty-nine to ninety-four. Last episode was in ninety-four. Okay, Joan Rivers had a talk wow. show because. Um, she had had a falling out with Johnny Carson, and it was in New York City. And we're not going to go into details of all that, but Donald Trump used to show up on the show regularly. Maybe you're familiar with him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that Donald Trump knew he was going to run for president, <laughs> that Joan Rivers did not die of a surgical mishap, <laughs> that Donald Trump had her murdered <gasps> to hide secrets best not known by the public. That is quite a theory. Please spread it around. <laughs> that is a wild theory. Did you come up with that one? 
No. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's true. We it's true. It. I, heard, I heard it from an uncle of a who cousin is, of a brother of mine. Works in the Pentagon. Uh, there you go. Oh All the way to the top. All yeah. the way to the top, baby. <laughs> All right, that's enough on conspiracy theories. <laughs> What's the best steak you've ever had in Orlando? Oh, at Linda's La Cantina. Oh, shit. Was that your pick, Dad? That was my pick. Was I love. Yeah. Uh, I prefer to call it by its original <laughs> name. <laughs> Who knows? Um, was, it, was it Bill and Linda's? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that, Bill. Oh my God, if his name is like Chuck. <laughs> nope. No, no. I think your name right on that. Chuck don't... Steak and Linda. <laughs> no. Waka waka. I, I don't got it. Ow. Al and Linda's <laughs> La Cantina. I always like that because if you take Al and you put it backwards, it's the first name of the cantina. <laughs> <laughs> Al and Linda's La Cantina. There you go. And yeah, and now it's just Linda. You yeah, know she why? Got it. Well, oh, uh, they got divorced and Linda's been dead a while. Yeah. Wow. Uh, mine, <laughs> mine, you can't get anymore, which is great because you can't confirm it. And it's the steakhouse that you took me to uh, with my groomsmen oh. for my my wedding for my yeah. bachelor well, party. Well. It was in Bald Baldwin Park. It was in Baldwin Park, and I want to say it was called like Sebastian's or yeah, something it was, like it was that. Something like that. It was like, but it was my. It wasn't manny. No, it, it wasn't, <laughs> and it was easily the best steak I had had up to that point in my life, and the yeah. best steak I've ever had in Orlando. Oh, wow. wow. It was oh man, well, go, that was there's a story me. there that I feel I've told on a previous podcast, and if I have, let us know. <laughs> where uh, Ethan and I had gone there, and we we drink as most adults do, right. and we're at a steakhouse. They're like, "What would you like?" And I pointed to um, a bourbon I wanted to try. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'd like to try this bourbon." They go, "Okay, how would you like that?" And I don't know anything uh, at the time. I know like I know a lot now. I don't know <laughs> anything about. Ordering straight liquor drinks. Yeah, I know mixed drinks. I know you know one mixes and stuff. And so I was like, uh, neat, because that was the only word I'd ever really heard describing neat. a drink. And as you may know, <laughs> neat means they just put it in a glass yeah. Yeah. and bring it to you. But the best part of that for me is that Ethan had to order next. <laughs> yeah, and Ethan goes, uh, neat. Neat. So he and I, while enjoying these amazing steaks, and I'm with all my friends, are both drinking this this bourbon, which was good, but the whole time we're like, some ice. Would I feel nice. like I was fooled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some ice would be good. Yeah, it's just room temperature. And the moment you said neat, I knew you had no idea what you were doing either. Yeah. Now, how would you order? Oh, on the rocks. Uh, with uh, some spray. No. <laughs> on the rocks. Depending Four on eggs. the bourbon. If it's any, if it's makers, I'm getting it with ginger ale. Right. Uh, yeah, because that's a good midline bourbon, and a little ginger ale won't hurt it. Yeah. But uh, man, you, the money you pay for some bourbon, why cut it with anything? Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Taste the money. So your favorite steak was also Allen Linda's. I love. <laughs> Although, if I were going to a uh, a uh, chain. It's Root Chris's or Chris uh, Roots or whatever the name. Love that place. Uh, yeah. The steaks are good, and it's really not as expensive as people lead you to believe. Yeah. Service is great, but that's like one of those special night things. Yeah. All right. Who's the most disrespected person in any band? <laughs> the drummer. Why? <laughs> because... <laughs> 
If a drummer, I don't know. I don't know. No. Honestly, I don't know. He's the most the, the most disrespected because there is a machine called a drum machine. <laughs> there are no other instruments in a traditional band that has that instrument in front of the name machine, implying that no matter how well you're doing, Greg the drummer, yeah. we're just like just just around the corner. Yeah, I got a computer that can do your job, and that's wrong. It is right. wrong because. A good drummer does that a lot to the song. Oh, yeah. And, uh... You gotta get that, that human feel. Which is really odd, because when I was younger, many years ago, <laughs> uh, a standard thing in every concert was a drum solo. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And it would go on like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> some say some are still going. <laughs> There's a song on one of Led Zeppelin's best albums, uh, two, uh, is called title. Moby Dick. Yeah. And it's nothing but a drum solo. Right. And a God of DeVita. I once played for a jazz drummer when I was a young kid. I said, you want to hear a drum solo? Listen to this. And about three minutes in, he went, that shit. <laughs> anyway, he's just doing the same damn thing over and over again. But can't you hear that? Yeah. But who's the greatest drummer of all time? The greatest I'm not going to name the greatest drummer of all time. Buddy Rich. Oh, damn, he is. Yes. I was about to ask you guys. I was like, all right, everybody name like a famous drummer. Because I was already trying to make a short list because I knew you guys would be ahead of the game right. with this. Yeah. Buddy Rich is an incredible And if drummer. you want to hear something hilarious, you have to go on YouTube and play the <laughs> Buddy Rich bus tape. Oh, man. <laughs> He's so oh, mean. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny, though. It is. If you've ever laughed at something like, I don't know, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, or just or you <laughs> heard the tape of Christian Bale yelling at people yeah. on, a, on a movie set, it's that kind of humor. But he just... Some say he's the Buddy Rich of yelling. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Do you want to talk about sports teams? The three most polarizing teams that we named? Yeah. Uh, in yeah. our last few uh, moments? Yeah, so sport, what was it? Sports teams that everyone... Well, there's sports teams that people love and they're kind of indifferent to. And then there are sports teams that they love or they hate. Right. They're very... Uh, they're very polarizing. Yeah. Uh, the examples we have in professional football... The New England Patriots. They are. Yes. Tell me I'm wrong, right? I mean, a lot of people hate them. A lot of people love them. Yeah. Yep. And you, what they'll tell you is, oh, you just hate them because they win all the time. Right. Like, no, I hated them when they lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in baseball, it's the Yankees. Mm -hmm. yes. It's the Yankees. Everybody hates yeah. the Yankees or loves the but Yankees. But what team does everybody love? In baseball? In yeah. baseball? Oh, the Cubs. Uh, yeah. Everyone loves the Cubs. Yeah. Oh, and my God. In fact, a Brewers what fan. used to be their nickname? The Lovable Losers. The Lovable right. Losers. And That's we'll right. get that moniker again, I'm certain. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and in college football? It's the Crimson Tide, Roll Tide. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. It is. It well, is Roll Tide, I guess. 
Oh, man. Ooh, uh, in basketball, it was the 90s Lakers, I'd say. Everyone, like, hated 90s Lakers. Or loved them. You're absolutely I right. I can get behind that. Yeah. Everyone loved the Bulls in the 90s. Yeah, well, they it's loved a... Michael Jordan until he, you know, started with the Hitler mustache. And... <laughs> he did try to yeah. bring that back, and it's like, Michael. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, think we, I think I saw that ad for the first time with Dad. Like, uh, I was in the house, and... The commercial was over, and you said, and I don't know if you were saying it to me or yourself, but you said, I don't think we're going to see that mustache again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to episode 99 of An Old Man and His Two Sons. I just want to say that we only scratched the surface of the list of topics we came up with before this episode. So you know what they always say, leave them wanting more. And if you'd like more, there's 98 previous episodes of An Old Man and His Two Sons for you to listen to. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to you listening to us next week. <laughs>